Welcome to Energy Hospital. Good morning, good night, good evening, good day. I'm so glad you're here with us today. My name is Finnegan. This is a new series that I do every second week of the month called The Hippocampus, where I have people that have inspired me share their truth and power. So what are we waiting for? Let's get it. Tell them. Okay, welcome to the second episode of Energy Hospital Season 2. This is a series I like to call The Hippocampus, where basically I have people um, on this platform and they share their truth, they share memories, um, their story, their testimony, and uh, we just get a deeper look into um, these beautiful human beings. And today, my buddy, Frankie Robert, is here. (laughs) Say hello. Hello, hello. I've known this gentleman for about, um, we were just talking before this, it, I almost said a year just now, but I believe it's two years-ish. Um, but uh, yeah, man, uh, yeah, just let him know like how we met, um, where we met, and what that was like, and then we can segue into, into your story, man. Yeah, so I think we are a little bit past a year, so working towards our two years, we met on TikTok, and that's when I started, was the very end of... 2020 I think so it's been a little bit since then but I was just putting out my videos my message my work and you're the one of people I connected with because we were doing you know kind of similar things we have a lot of crossover audience you know our people with us so TikTok's pretty amazing that way just how it brings people together of similar mindsets similar thoughts similar feelings and similar interests yeah yeah, it's interesting that, you know, TikTok's becoming this this um, place where people can create these communities that are so specific to, you know, their, their whatever it is that their channel is, if it's a brand thing, if it's a, um, you know, just a social thing, or if it's more of an educational purpose, but it's just so unique because it's, it's specifically, it's like a, it's like a, a group that you meet, you know, whenever, and it's all the people that jive with, if you're the peanut butter guy that does peanut butter reviews, it's everyone that loves peanut butter, you know, <laughs> just hanging out in the room. Yeah, it's really awesome, whether you are the peanut butter guy, or the Reiki guy, or the energy hospital guy, or any kind of artists, musicians, um, like yourself, TikTok's amazing that way. I find that it's really unlike any other social platform that I've really been on or worked with before because it finds your people for you the algorithm is actually super effective that way in finding again your your people for you so uh, i can encourage anybody here listening to if you haven't started yet if you have something to share or want to get out there to the world it's a really awesome platform to use yeah it's so true i think it's 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 just been amazing for a bunch of people, their small businesses. And, um, I know a lot of artists and musicians are utilizing that platform, um, and just essentially just taking off, you know, it, cause it could happen as you know, overnight, um, you just build that huge following. 
tell them a little bit about uh, who you are, what you do, what you love. And then um, I'd like to jump into like where you came from, man, and, and how, uh, how you came into this world and the family you were raised in. Yeah, so my name is Robert. Uh, you can find me on socials like TikTok under Reiki Robert. I'm a Reiki master. I'm an energy worker. I do sound baths for people, guided meditations for people. Uh, this is really the work that I'm doing now, and it's really different than what I used to do, and I'm sure we're going to talk about that later, but I had a huge shift in my life. And now I'm just super happy to share my message, my work, and maybe even be an example for people that see a different path ahead of them in this life. And maybe they are looking to make some big changes. So I'm always happy to be here, invited to a podcast to connect with another audience and share my story. So I originally grew up in Salt Lake. I live in Kauai now doing this work and connecting in with awesome people like you. Take us back to, to uh, Salt Lake City, man, in Utah. What was it like growing up there? And um, if you're open to talk about, you know, what it was like, your family growing up with, I know you had a, you had a huge family. You had like six siblings or five siblings? Yeah, there's six kids in my family total. So I have four sisters. I have one brother. So the whole family, there's eight of us. Um, yeah, <laughs> you know, pretty classic Mormon family. And that is where I grew up with Salt Lake City. It's the epicenter of the Mormon church. And that was my upbringing. Um, I was in a pretty religious household growing up. So going to church every Sunday, um, so much of the neighborhood, the school I was going to, all of our friends and family friends, like mm. everybody was Mormon. And at that point, I didn't really know any other way. I mean, that's just what life was. It's how it was brought up and <laughs> that's what I understood it to be. So I was pretty much in that world for the first half of my life until I turned about 16. And that's when I just, I walked away. Like I really hadn't been feeling connected there. I hadn't felt like mm -hmm. it was where I wanted to be or wanted to stay. Been going, you know, week after week after week. And I just wasn't resonating with it. It wasn't really for me. So I finally got to that point where I walked away from the church, you know, told my parents I wasn't really going to go anymore. And then really just entirely disconnected from yeah. spirituality, from religion, from the church, anything like that. But um, other than that, you know, growing up pretty normal kid, uh, <laughs> played a lot of sports, football, baseball, little basketball, wrestling, <laughs> ran track, that kind of thing. Um, you know, I played saxophone in junior high, high school, and now I play uh, drums, guitar, ukulele. I like to rap, so me and Finn are definitely going to get on some tracks one of these days when the time aligns. Yeah, you, you mentioned in, in a video, I think on your YouTube, that um, you used the word, it, you, you talked about it feeling at that time like almost like an obligation, um, you know, when you were young within that religion. Um, and so at age 16, you left. I mean, was that a, was there a, you know, uh, a kind of a vivid, pivotal point that made that decision or was it just like you know this gradual realization of like i don't know if, i don't know quite sure if this is for me so that's a good way to put it is the the feeling of obligation because that is really the 
only option I even had uh, when I was raised too. I really did not know anybody from other religions. I didn't know any Muslims. I did not know any Jewish people. I did not know anybody outside of this Mormon bubble, like this pocket that I lived in. So it, it, I didn't really have a choice <laughs> when I was a kid. You know, that's what we did as a family. We went to church. We uh, even in school, at some point, you can start going to seminary, like the church class within your junior high and high school. So even going to those. Um, but at some point, it wasn't a specific moment or instance that made me leave. I just was done with it. I really felt like I'd gotten what I even could from the church. And of course, everyone will have their own experience. But for me, at that point, I was just ready to be done with it all. It didn't make sense to me. I didn't connect with it. I didn't feel anything towards, you know, the religion or connection with God or divine or the universe. Like to me, it just didn't really make sense. So around this time, were you, um, were you working? What, what kind of jobs were you like working in? Yeah, you know, 16, 17, 18, I had a few different jobs. Like I worked at Subway. I worked at a water park in Salt Lake called Raging Waters. So if you're in Salt Lake, you probably know what I'm talking about. But I worked there. Let's see, I worked at Red Lobster as a host for a while. And I worked at Sports Authority, just selling sports stuff. So that was pretty much through high school is the work that I was doing. Just kind of random odd jobs. Didn't really stay anywhere for super long, even maybe like a year was the longest. Um, but yeah, just some part-time jobs here and there. Um, I want to talk about like... Because you, after high school, you, you, you start to find passion. There's, there's a moment in your life where you, you find this interest um, that we'll get into. You become, you, you feel like you want to um, invest more time in the phys, like the body, the physical, you know, well-being of people. And you're, you're later inspired to become a, um, a personal trainer. So yeah, I guess give us a little bit of backstory of like how, you know, coming out of high school and, you know, getting into that career of like uh, physical well-being and health. So coming out of high school was an interesting time because there was this expectation that I go to college. I think that's pretty similar with a lot of people, that expectation from your family that you pursue higher education. And I went for a few semesters because of that, like I should be doing this thing, but I really didn't have a goal, like an end goal. What is my major? What am I working towards? And I'm just going to go. That's kind of the feeling of it. So after a few semesters, I stopped going because again, I'm just, again, the time, the money, the effort towards what end goal. I didn't really see where I was going with it. And I wanted to open up my, my time and kind of see what else life has for me. So with that, um, being out of high school, again, even with a full-time job at that point, I still had a, a lot of time. So I was big into gaming. I was gaming all the time, um, all through high school and even after. But at some point, one of my friends recommended both of us actually start doing something more productive with our time and that we go get a gym membership. So there's a 24-hour fitness just like in town, pretty close to my house, and we went to go get some passes there, and I had never really worked out. Of course, I'd been in sports, like I mentioned, but never 
very much in the weight room at all. I didn't really know proper form on anything, and I was pretty small, pretty skinny, and just thought I'd, I, mean, I had the gamer body. So I thought I would get into the gym with my friend, um, kind of get active. And I got hooked, really started going, uh, like, you know, five days a week, then six days a week, then seven days. I was there all the time, hours a day. I got pretty deep into it. I started to feel really good about myself, the progress that I was making with myself physically, how good it was helping me feel emotionally, mentally, energetically, um, seeing myself get stronger, seeing my body change. And I really dove in. I started learning as much as I could from, you know, YouTube videos, talking to people at the gym, just absorbing that entire world um, of something I hadn't really experienced. But it really, really caught me. And for the next few years, that's where I was. Wow. And this was at, um, uh, this was at Gold's Gym where you became, it, was this where you had your membership and it was still at Gold's where you wanted to work there and become a trainer? Yeah, so I was kind of going in between both gyms. At the, at the time, there was 24-hour fitness and Gold's Gym, and then I was just a gym rat, so I just went to both. <laughs> kind of depends, like, who I was working out with or what part of the city I was in, so I could just go to whatever. Um, but then I made friends with a lot of the people that were working there, the trainers, the managers, the different gyms. I was just always in and out. Uh, but one of my friends said that I should apply at, at Gold's Gym. So I did. And yeah, I got hired on. Of course, they're always looking for new people. And I had my certification. So they brought me on. And that's where it started. It ended up getting <laughs> um, bought out by another company called Vasa Fitness. So if you're in Utah, you definitely know about Vasa Fitness. They're like <laughs> the only gym. They're all over Utah. And they've even spread to a few other states around there in the West. Um, but that's where I was for a few years before I moved to Washington. So that's what started me out on my training journey. Yeah, that's nuts. I, I know I mentioned before, like I, there's so many parallels that I, I, that I have with you and <clears throat> I worked for Gold's Gym as well, man. I wasn't a train, I wasn't a trainer. I was, uh, quite the opposite. I was a, uh, I was a janitor, but, um, nonetheless, I had, you know, pretty huge, profound breakthrough moments, um, in my own like spiritual, you know, journey while working at Gold's Gym. What were some of the breakthroughs that you felt like you had while you were working there? I'm curious. Yeah, I mean, it was it was super humbling. I fell into almost like a servant heart set. I was taking care of how clean the place was, the environment. And I know you mentioned you were a host at a restaurant. Similar vibes, you know, kind of inviting people in and being a figure there where it's just like you're creating a really cool you know, environment. You have the same people that come in around the same time, so you really start developing those relationships um, that I know you, you, you did for sure as a personal trainer because it's one-on-one. -on -one. But it was, you know, I think a lot of the, the physical cleaning of the building and the equipment and the restrooms and the locker rooms, it felt, it, it felt like it was really bringing me back to a, a, a humble place. And, you know, scrubbing the grout, man, you know, underneath the toilet and just feeling joy right you know just smiling and feeling this overwhelming piece of like i am supposed to be here like i what did, what can i learn here i would probably fold about a thousand towels um roughly a thousand towels a day during a shift i just took it as opportunity it was like a thousand towels 
count a thousand blessings. <laughs> you start really focusing on the micro as well as the massive macro blessings. I'm thankful for my hands. I'm thankful for the ability to communicate, to use my instrument, my, my voice. I'm thankful for grass and like all those little things. So yeah, that was kind of like my, my gold's gym experience. <laughs> Yeah, it's like a like a mindful meditation through having mm -hmm. that every day, like all those little pieces, being able to put gratitude and like, okay, let's use this process to get in that frequency of gratefulness, of gratitude. And there's mm -hmm. so many, like mm -hmm. after you get to a certain point, you have to go to even smaller and smaller and smaller things. Yeah. But then you yeah. notice those smaller things and take them into greater appreciation. My biggest breakthrough was actually just... Uh, communicating with people because I was actually really shy for like all growing up. I was pretty quiet and reserved and more introverted. And that forced me to get in front of people. Like, how do I go find people <laughs> in the gym to come like work with me and be clients? Because yeah. there's all there's all the people, they're already there. So how do I yeah. go get somebody, yeah. take them through a workout and convince them that this is a good idea you know come on i'll be your yeah. trainer i'll help you with your goals whatever you're working on and i would get so anxious it would be i'd be like my manager would give me somebody she's like okay go talk to them and then i would just pace back and forth my heart is racing like like i gotta go <laughs> talk to them you know and they're yeah. already at the gym to work out like they're down to get a workout yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it was that I had this anxiety that just would it would like make me sick and then I just had to get over it like go talk to people take them through like I know what I'm doing it's not that but there was something about just being so nervous to like meet a stranger or what if they say no and a lot of times they did like a lot of times they don't want to get a trainer they have no interest they don't have the money like whatever it mm -hmm. is but I got used to that over and over and over again to be able to develop my um, ability to communicate. So that interpersonal communication, one-on-one, -on -one, and then mm. eventually working with whole groups. I would run boot camps or even seminars with, I mean, 60, 80, 100 people at a time that I would be basically in, in front of and getting things going, which was nice because <laughs> I couldn't see myself there years previously. So. That was really my biggest breakthrough is just the uh, kind of confidence and communication mm. is what came from from the work. I was forced into that position, which is what I wanted to do, but it, it helped me grow so much. Yeah. Wow. No, that's, that's so beautiful. Yeah. It, it like saturated your ability to like socialize. It's so weird hearing that from you because I view you as a very, you know, because I jump on, jumping on your, uh, you know, when I first saw you on TikTok, you're your lives, the, the, the live sessions that you would do as, you know, just the way you communicate, the way you hold yourself. I'm like, this dude, you know, he's, you know, he, he's like a little, you know, social little, little like guru, you know, he's, he's just like holding space so well. And he's so, you know, tuned to that. And it seems like that particular, uh, career, like that job kind of like opened that up. Big time, big time. It got me ready for the next phase for sure. So now I can feel comfortable in any kind of conversation, speaking with any kind of person after having thousands and thousands of clients. And there was so many times I would have brand new members, you know, we take them through a workout. Yeah. It's their like initiation, help them understand the gym. 
and it would be all kinds of people, all ages, all kinds of backgrounds, levels of fitness, other injuries, like whatever is going on, whatever careers that they have. And it would be just learning how to talk with people, all the kinds of people. Yeah. So it helped put me in those situations just again and again and again. And yeah, yeah it helped me get here. <laughs> I have my, uh, <clears throat> I have my pad. I'm about to embarrass you right now. I have my pad up. I'm gonna list these things off real quick. I just gotta brag. So you 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 worked there for seven years. You later managed a gym that later became number one gym in the company. <laughs> like, so, homeboy, homeboy manifested the heck out of that. <laughs> yeah. If you want to say the rest, then I guess I can I can clarify a little bit of it. <laughs> Of what actually okay. happened. Well, those are the three. Those are the three that I that I put down immediately. I was just like, um, and I could have I could have read some of them. <laughs> I don't know if they're all in context, but yeah, give a little bit of context between those. Yeah, so I was actually I was working at Gold's Gym, and then they transitioned to Vasa Fitness. So I was there for about three years. Um, then I went to work at a private gym in Salt Lake for about a year called Big Mountain Barbell, and. That place was great too, but the story continues when I moved to Washington. So I actually met somebody out there and we had this long distance thing and then I just picked up and mm -hmm. moved out there. So I moved to Washington and started like fresh, 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 where I do not know anybody but her. So I started working at a gym called Move Fitness. And at that point I was back at the bottom rung, <laughs> you know, I had like zero anything but i had experience i know what i'm doing and i had drive so i remember my interview uh, my uh, manager at the time he says well what do you like want to do here do you want to be a trainer do you want to get to a manager i said i want to manage like i want to run a gym i want your job i'm going to be here he's like oh okay cool let's do it so he was actually super supportive and um, they were very helpful in seeing the path laid out. So there was three mm -hmm. levels of trainers. You had trainer, then premier trainer, then elite trainer. And at the time, there was only like one elite trainer in the company. And it had to do with how many sessions you train in a month and the consistency over time. And I realized I was doing exactly that at the last gym. I'm like, oh, wow. that's actually easy. It's only time. <laughs> <laughs> so then that's exactly what I did. I just see it. I'm like, okay, this is going to be it. So that's what I do and work my way up to be an elite trainer. There's only just, you know, two, three of us in the whole company. Mm. And then I said, I want to be the next manager. And that's exactly what happened too. <laughs> Someone ended up like dropping out and uh, a spot opened up and I was next. So I kind of called my shot. I'm like, this is what I'm going to do. And then I moved up to that position and got the job so they start me at the worst performing gym because i'm starting <laughs> so it's already broken like i literally can't make it worse yeah so they put me out there and it only took one month you know one month i i flip it around we start hitting gold and every month after that and they never had that before they never had somebody who was actually like hitting gold like working with the staff and getting the numbers that they were looking for. So I'm working with my trainers, um, just consistently helping them develop their ability to run their training business. And from that point, we just kept it again and again and again, just month after month, all the way through until, until you know, 2020 happened and everything shut yeah. down. <laughs> well, it's, um, I wanted to, like, there's this beautiful, what I've, what I, you know, looking over, like, your story and everything, there's this amazing, like, mirroring effect from the physical 
into spiritual, whereas you're you're a personal trainer and you're helping people, um, you know, remember how to move their body, how to properly like utilize everything in their body, and helping them kind of find you know their own well-being within that. And something happened, and something shifted to where your vocation was still the same thing, but in almost a different light, and it kind of switched into encompassing everything, like physical, emotional, spiritual, mindful well-being. And so I wanted to ask you, like, I have a couple things on here. You know, uh, you mentioned a, there was a shaman experiment or experience um, when you were kind of incorporating ayahuasca into your into your life and um, there's a bunch of other things to, here too of biofeedback and you know reading your aura. I'd, I would love for you to like kind of give us the the DL on those things and how you kind of segued into uh, a different a different lifestyle. Yeah, I can give you kind of a rundown about the transition and how everything happened for me. So it really started back when I was still you know, deep in the training world and I was in, you know, doing bodybuilding competitions, these powerlifting competitions and training all the time. I was just all about the, the gym and the physical side of things, but I, I felt really solid there and I wanted to start expanding my consciousness and my mind and awareness and seeing what more was out there. So I got invited to go sit in some ayahuasca ceremonies so I'd already moved to Washington at this point, and it was back in Salt Lake. So there were some shamans that came from Hawaii, and they did a two-day ceremony in Salt Lake. And I didn't really know what to expect necessarily. I'd heard some stories about ayahuasca. It's a plant medicine that's been used for a long time by these indigenous cultures. You find a lot in the Amazon. and. There's even other ancient cultures that are using similar compounds that also have uh, DMT, which is the active compound within ayahuasca. Mm -hmm. But you'd find it way, way, way back. It has been used for a long time. Mm -hmm. um, but anyway, ayahuasca is a combination of two plants that they brew together and you drink that. And I went there for the experience without really any expectation, just open to seeing what happens and that's really when things started to shift the other way because it opened me back up to the spiritual realm like this understanding that what i'm seeing and perceiving is that there is so much more than just the physical so much more than we perceive with these two eyes and i was able to actually feel it and see it like there's a whole other side of things and that's what started my, I guess, uh, like seeking side, <laughs> like seeking of what, what else is there now? Because I've been shut yeah. off from it, from religion or spirituality for a decade or more. And then I started to understand, like opening my eyes again to what could be or what really is or what exists. Um, yeah. yeah, that was the first experience with it. Coming from an idea or or a practice or or a dogma where you have a concept of what god is when you left organized religion did you feel like you were being reunited with something spiritually whether that be source or i mean what was it like having 
this um, spiritual experience after within your religion, you may have not felt God or love to the degree that you were feeling directly from uh, experiences via ayahuasca or being around a community that is, you know, talking about things like that. Yeah, it was really vastly different than anything I'd experienced in the church before. And I'd never really connected with the feeling or the idea of, of God as much within the Mormon church. And really just opened, opened up my perception to what could be out there. I felt like I was, um, like I was just visited, you know, it kind of opened up the mm. cover from my eyes to allow myself to perceive what had been brought in in that space. So that is, in my perspective, the work of the shaman in these ceremonies mm. is kind of a, a convergence of the physical and the spiritual realms, like setting the space in this container, taking everybody there into this space where there is a convergence and an opening for dialogue, for communication, for healing, for guidance and support, anything from the spiritual realm here aided by these plant medicines like ayahuasca. And that's what I just like notice them around. <laughs> like I actually see and feel like, oh wow, <laughs> there are other beings here. They're not people, but they are here, like very, very clearly here. Yeah. And I've had several experiences, I mean, further beyond that, where they're really like mm -hmm. working with me, coming down and actually connecting with my physical body, even moving my body around, um, kind of like re I've had almost like chiropractic readjustments in yeah. ceremony. My body's moving around and realigning and it's really, really wild, um, but like deeply healing. And aside from that, it's a further... Uh, opening of the ability towards introspection like looking inwards mm. and a reflection of who am i as a person what am i doing what is really working where am i limiting myself or being held back what are my limitations who am i being as a person there's a lot of that reflection in these spaces too and made me really kind of analyze where i am uh, where i'm going who i'm being um, but it was very different than anything I'd experienced in the church before. Because <laughs> a lot of that had been like reading from the Bible or being taught a lesson. Yeah. And this was an experience and yeah. multiple wow. experiences since then. That's really just opened up that there's way more out there than uh, we usually perceive. Yeah. Tell me the uh, significance of beginning of 2020, January 2020, February 2020. Um, so for me, it was <laughs> like a, a real big step towards what I'm doing now, because uh, I guess the maybe last six months of 2019, I've been doing some uh, even deeper work on myself. I've been working with other practitioners, uh, getting Reiki sessions, these energy healing sessions, doing NLP, working with my subconscious mind and even previous traumas from my childhood also doing biofeedback, which is uh, kind of a like a digital readout of your energetic field and being able to manipulate that into a better way, seeing if there's any sort of discrepancies or imbalances in your energy. So I was working with three different practitioners pretty much simultaneously for a period of about six months. 
to continue to just kind of clear myself and get really uh, like amplified in my own energy, super <laughs> grounded, super um, just me. That's what it felt like. I was getting more and more clear within myself. And in January 2020, I actually had a breakthrough, just spontaneous breakthrough. I got home from work one night and I felt something was coming. <laughs> like I felt that something is about to happen. And I'd been pretty consistent with my meditation. And uh, I just had this feeling something's coming through. So I sit down on my couch and then all of a sudden this energy starts flowing through me, just down and through my arms, just flooding down my arms, out my hands. And I'm feeling all this energy just pouring out of my arms, like they're vibrating and they're shaking. I can feel this surge of energy Physically. through me. Like, it was really wild. And then I'm completely sober at this point. There's nothing else going on, no plant medicine, no nobody <laughs> else there, nobody doing energy work on me. It just yeah, that's right. opened up. Yeah, I felt like I got activated. I felt like that was the day I just like was activated and it opened up my channel so much because I had gotten so clear from the work I'd been doing that I just started channeling energy and I didn't know really what it was or what to do with it so I actually worked with a Reiki practitioner I've been I've been getting sessions from the Reiki master and asked her to take me on as a student to learn how to do energy work for people how to actually use what is coming through me now just naturally there and and how to use that for people how to help them and how to do the same thing that she'd been doing for me so she took me on as a student and that was really the transition because a couple months after that the gym shut down it was march 2020 the start of the pandemic as most people here listening you know everybody knows uh so that's it the gym shut down and i never went back i found that this was the new path so everything i've been working on and working towards my life and career in the fitness industry i walked away from everything so i even was planning on buying a house that year i had put in three different offers on homes wow. in washington because i was so sure that this is where i want to be i'm growing with the company i'm, I'm set secure happy i love doing what i'm doing and I walked away, I, I left my career, I sold everything I had, and I moved to Hawaii to pursue this. I'm gonna be a Reiki master, I'm gonna do energy work for people, I'm going to uh, help support in this new way that is so clearly presenting itself in me that I, I need to do mm. this. So that's, the, that's when everything changed. Wow. So after you went through your level one and two, um, uh, and attunement and like did you get your master there before you moved to Kauai or or was that while you were in Kauai yeah so I had my level one and level two Reiki attunements right there at the start of the year so kind of like February to March so then I started doing sessions for some people but then after everything shut down I had all the time I was at the gym like 60 plus hours a week and now Jeez. that's gone 
So I, I started mm -hmm. doing sessions for people, a bunch of sessions, just for free. I just wanted to practice and learn how to use this better and help people like that I know. I put it out on Instagram, like, who wants some Reiki sessions? And I got <laughs> some people in and started working. So after a while, I'd done about 100 for people. And after that point, I then got my master attunement. And that means I can take on students, I can give attunements as well, so bring others into uh, being able to be a practitioner as well. Um, but yeah, it was about 100 sessions that I did for people before wow. I got the master attunement. And then just a little bit after that, I moved to Kauai. <laughs> what is the, I mean, I've never, I, I want to visit so bad. Um, I've only experienced things, you know, through pictures and stuff, but I mean, like, genuinely, like, when you wake up, what is it like living in that type of environment, in that atmosphere? It's, it's pretty magical, because <laughs> it's, it's really wild, you know, I would just drive into town, I'm, I'm like two minutes away from my house, I think of one specific view, but I'm just driving down the road, and I look over and it is this huge valley below, and it's completely mm. lush. It's just this rainforest mm -hmm. all the way down. You see a river snaking through the mountains in the distance. Wow. And then I keep driving down a little bit, and then the ocean is now in front of me. I'm like, okay, this is amazing <laughs> because it's the most <laughs> this beautiful landscape, and everything is so alive and vibrant and thriving. Mm -hmm. And to be able to go to the beach and be in the ocean and go find waterfalls that are so close by and I have an avocado tree at my house just growing avocados wow. yeah. Yeah. so it's just things like that <laughs> that every day every day is, is seriously a blessing being there it's it's really incredible and it's an amazing community of people too that's one of the reasons is I thought that if this is the path that I'm pursuing to be in a community that is supportive of that. So there's all of the artists and musicians and healers and yogis and all of the people that you could find there on Kauai. And of course they found their own community. So I got kind of plugged yeah. in with all of them and being yeah. able to just have our like parties together. And we can all just be like dancing out in the jungle together or yeah. whatever it is. <laughs> and that that's actually just happening even amongst the chaos going around the rest of the world it was it was interesting time because during the you know pandemic there was actually pretty much a bubble put around uh, hawaii and each of the islands specifically so it was really 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 down on tourism i mean there was days and weeks where there was zero cases of covid there was even mm. there wasn't a covid death on Hawaii for i think a year after covid started <laughs> there was like nothing so we were actually living it up and we saw yeah. as in a way our responsibility to do this because a lot of people couldn't we were here yeah. like transmuting this energy like as a collective like really putting yeah, out yeah. that gratitude that love that happiness that freedom that frequency out into the world mm -hmm. from our pocket on Kauai because so many people couldn't do that so um, that's something that we were able to connect in with at that time too so it was really special it's incredible. Yeah, that's crazy that you you know, just mentioned that you were basically on on y'all's end, almost like balancing the spectrum out, like and experiencing a, almost an entirely different reality. You're just finding a place of, um, not that necessarily fear was completely gone. It was just you guys were more, you guys were just, you know, finding gratitude and finding and expressing joy. 
um, where you know some people on the different side of the world or 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 even close neighbors are experiencing something radically different. That's that's just remarkable. Yeah, it, it really was, and a lot of people were aware of it too. Like that, we had the opportunity to be free mm. and playful and express ourselves and be in love <laughs> and joy. Like mm. it's important that we do that. So it really was a coming together of community to to be in that energy, to be in that frequency. It was important, and I, and I, as silly as it might sound, you know, like it's important that you guys like dance and have fun. Like, no, really though, really hey. though, because so <laughs> many cool. people couldn't do that. They could not do that, even if they wanted to. Yeah, yeah. And everything we need is is is, is within ourselves, man. It's so true that I was um, I've been listening to a um, gentleman named Matthias, and uh, I follow another guy um on youtube he has a podcast and a channel his name's aubrey um marcus and aubrey marcus yeah yeah and uh he's the first person i ever heard about ayahuasca from he went on the joe Rogan oh podcast no way and he's the first person yeah ever. yeah yeah the little documentary he, he has there's so much yeah he's just an incredible human being it's he's uh the way he kind of facilitates um, these conversations and just allow it just holds space for people to really just I don't know, kind of share their their truth. He asks you know great questions. He wrote his document. He had a, he has a documentary called Into the Darkness that is mind blowing. Like I don't know if you've seen it, but it's it's for free like on his website. No, I haven't seen it. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, yeah. He uh, he puts himself in a <clears throat> he goes to this kind of retreat where they they do this and he secludes himself for seven days in total darkness and has this you know natural you know dmt freaking activating experience and just has amazing breakthroughs um in the dark complete dark you know has you know visual experiences yeah. auditorial experiences yeah like dark room therapy i've heard of that before when you talked about you know dancing and as silly as it is it, he was with this um matthias guy they were he asked them towards the end of their episode he said give us three really important takeaways of what humans should do or be and he says breathe number one uh, remember how to breathe two eat light not like in weight but like literally eat things that hold light <laughs> like eat light and and three laugh you know and i think dance would be right up there because it's so true those are like the top tier things of the most amazing thing to do as a human being is <laughs> to eat light breathe dance laugh it's so true that is that is i think maybe dancing is number four <laughs> it's barely yeah, that's up. right it's three, but it's up there <laughs> well hey man it's it's seriously always a pleasure and uh, thank you so much for um, just being open to sharing your your truth. Um, give give the people um, you know kind of your plugs and your channels, your socials and everything. Because uh, guys, follow this follow this human being. I promise you, you won't be bored. He is incredibly. He's just an incredible light, and uh, he he does. You provide sound baths. I know that you've been doing like live kind of pretty big um, sound bath meetings. You do it off social media though, right? Yeah, I do sessions every Monday. 
Meditation Mondays are going on. I do them on Zoom. But if you guys want to catch me on any of my socials, I'm most active on TikTok. But you can find me on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, if you search for Reiki Robert. And Reiki is R-E-I-K-I. So if you go to my TikTok page, you can just go through that link right there and you'll see, it'll say Meditation Mondays. And I do one every single Monday for an hour where it's a full guided meditation and Reiki session. And I have my singing bowls too. I usually have a section of it for a bit of a sound bath. But everyone is completely different. It just helps you in all the ways as much as we can. Help you clear yourself mentally, energetically, even physically. <laughs> just get in a better space, more energized, calm, peaceful. So I do those sessions for groups every single Monday. Um, I go live here and there throughout the week. If you want to catch me just hanging out or talking or sometimes a sound bath. But that's where to catch me on all the socials. I'm grateful to be on the podcast. Super stoked to be the first guest on here ever. So thank you, Ben, <laughs> for inviting me. Yeah, thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's 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 um it's always a joy, man. Seriously, um, everyone that's been listening, I'd love to hear your feedback on kind of the new schedule that we have on this season. Um, I wanted to kind of create something that you guys can. Uh, like know what that's coming up on a weekly basis and um yeah i have so many cool people lined up um with these uh, hippocampus interviews and uh, i genuinely cannot wait to share all of these unique people with you um anyway thank you so much if you'd like to support this um podcast shoot me a message on instagram at saint finnegan and uh i can i can lead you to the right direction and uh thank you so much i'm grateful for your ears i'm grateful for the time that you have given us and uh, looking forward to sharing more. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>